Hey, this is Sammy Flores. I'm the pastor at Coin Church in Chino, California, and this is our podcast. I'm so grateful you're tuning in. I hope this encourages you and calls you to more because you were made for more. Here's our latest message. Hey, welcome in. I wanted to continue our conversation on the book of James, and we are in chapter four right now. We have one more chapter, so we have this week and next week. And I'll tell you what, it's been great to be able to go through a whole book together as a community. Wasn't really the way I planned it, unfortunately, but that's okay. Um, I think we've done a really good job as sticking together as a community, as, as really fighting this out, um, getting each other's backs. And really the greatest thing for me, and hopefully it is for you, is that we've been able to continue to communicate throughout this whole process. So uh, open up your Bibles. Look at James chapter 4, and we're going to be reading verse starting 13. So it says this. Now remember, James, 2,000 plus years ago, is writing to a church, particularly probably in Jerusalem. There's a lot of stuff going on. These people are, are really legalistic in the way they go and how they do things. James was a leader of the actual church, the first church that was ever established. And so he is now expressing and creating precedents for what it looks like to be a practical person that follows Jesus, that is built with faith. And so he gets in our face and he does that right here and right now. And I'll be honest, he's gotten in my face on this particular couple of verses. It's only like four or five verses, really. And the crazy thing about it is if you're futuristic like me, if you'd like to plan, not just a couple days out or a week out, but I'm talking years, a couple years out, thinking about, you know, having a plan and having a purpose, all of those things are good. James just says we have to reshape the way we are planning our future and we need to talk about it. So it says this, he says, now listen, you who say today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why? You do not even know what will happen tomorrow and do we all can we all agree to that? We, have, we had no idea this would happen, right? Amidst, amongst all of our planning, we had no idea. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. You, you're just here one day, you're gone the next. We, we live and then we, we, we die, right? We're, and life is so fast and life is so quick. And he says this in verse 15. Instead, what you ought to say is if. If it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. All such boasting is evil. If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. They are sinning. And so the reason I wanted to come outside, one, uh, we've been kind of cooped up uh, inside all the time. And if you're anything like me, I like being outside. I like going to the beach. I like being out in nature. I like feeling the wind, hearing the birds. Um, watching the trees. I just, I like being outside. And so, sorry if there's like an over excessive amount of noise, like airplanes and cars driving by. I just wanted, I told, I told Kelly, I said, hey, I just got to be outside. I got to give this message. And it's perfect because it's talking about really in big picture of these, these couple verses, James is, is pointing us back to the sovereignty of God. The, really, this churchy term that could come from the understanding that God is in control. That if you were to step outside, if you were to look at the sun, look at the trees, look at your life, take an aerial view of everything that has happened, you will realize very quickly, we really don't have much control. And so we must realize, man, 
it's got to be something bigger. There's got to be something greater. And if you believe anything, here, here it is, guys. If you believe anything about this Bible, if this Bible makes sense to you or if, it, if, it's, if it's drawn to you, you feel drawn to it, if the writing in this book brings purpose and meaning to your life and if you really do believe in the person of Jesus, then such understanding about our future and about God's sovereignty will be able to kind of, I like using this word recalibrate, refocus, reshift our soul because here's the honest truth I do this all the time I always plan you can ask my wife I'm planning all the time as a pastor in in, in community and leadership um, just as someone one of my my strengths um, if you're looking at a, a certain personalities is futuristic I love talking about the future and James slapped me in the face again. He woke me up and he said, hey, there's nothing wrong with that. We actually should do that. We should be diligent about our future. We should think about it. We should pray about it, but not in such a way of arrogance. And James uses this person as an example saying, hey, you who say tomorrow or next week or next year, I'm going to do this. And what we're going to do is we're going to go to this city or that city and we're going to be there for about a year. And then, yeah, it's, yeah, I think about a year we're going to stay there. And then while we go, the whole reason we're going to make money. James is saying that is such an arrogant statement, sentence, perspective, understanding, because the problem with that is it puts you in sovereignty over your life instead of God. So first point, when you're thinking about having conversation about the future, are you saying it in such a way, because remember your, heart is a, your words are a direct correlation to your heart, are you saying it in such a way where it is an absolute? Or it's just like, hey, this is going to happen and you don't even bring God in the midst of it. James is saying, use words like this. If it be, if this were to happen, I hope this happens. He literally says in verse 15, instead what you ought to say is, if it is the Lord's will. Because at the end of the day, the Lord's will over my will is so much more important and we have to get to a point in our struggling and suffering and wrestling with this God that we serve that we must submit our lives to Him. James talks about this throughout this book. So, first thought, it's probably wise to say, if, if, if. And when you say if, it takes you out of control. When you don't say if, it puts you in control. Man, I, I think I've done this so often. Maybe you have. Maybe, this is, maybe you're doing it right now. Maybe you're making it when you're saying statements about the future, when you're planning, when you're dreaming. You're making yourself so sovereign over your own life that you realize very quickly, man, I'm not in control. Another thing, uh, a story, a quick story for you. Kelly, a couple of weeks back, really right before all of this happened, this pandemic, this virus, this craziness, this lockdown, this shutdown, this stay at home, Kelly and I were and have been really excited, you know, about getting into our, a home, right? Renting a house. And I'm the planner, so I plan this out like Along, as soon as I knew the baby was coming, I've been planning this out, thinking about it. Kel, I got plan A. Kel, I got plan B. Got plan C. And so we were really excited about this house right in the middle of Chino. We love Chino. This is our home. We're married to the land. We go and we realize that there's like a hundred different applications that's sent in. The, the individual that owns the house says, hey, I just want to let you know there's about a hundred people that applied. I, I honed it down to three people. We're at the house looking at it right now. We're doing a walkthrough and he's like I honed it down to three people and so I just I just want you to know you guys made a really big impression on me 
just so you know that, right? And so he walks away and I'm like Mr. Arrogant, cocky, really confident, like, oh yeah, Kel, we got this. Like, God's got us. God's going to take care of us. Um, God knows how much we, uh, we live our life for Him. We, we put our life in, in, in His story. It's not our story. It's His. He's sovereign over it. But I just know, Kel, like, I know it's going to be all right. I know we're going to get this because God's so good and He's good to us and He's going to take care of us. And so literally a couple days later, um, you know, there's, there's all these things that we, we look back and we're like, well, why did this happen? Why didn't we get it? And, and what was this? And then we, we create arguments and then we get upset with God and then we get upset with other people, not realizing that God is sovereign and God is in control. It would have been so much more wise because James is really talking about wisdom here. It would have been so much more wise for me to look at my wife, for my wife to look at me and be like, hey, if this is God, what God wants, if this is the Lord's will, let, let it be. Instead, we were so confident and really twisting the arm of God that it was going to be that it didn't happen. And be, I'll be honest, I'm so glad that God didn't allow us to get that place because now where we're at, it would have been crazy. It would have been chaotic. It would have been nuts. And I say this a lot. I'll say it again because this pertains just to what I'm talking about. We can get so fixed on this philosophical perspective of asking God why. Well, then why didn't you do that? Well, if I'm supposed to put my life in, in your, your, you know, my hands, my, my life in your hands, what, why did you do it? Why did this happen to that person? Why is this happening in my life? And we forget that God is sovereign. We might not ever have the answers, but for this particular story in mine and Kelly's life, it was a learning experience for me. I, I jotted it down on my soul, on my heart, and it was this, wow. God actually knows what he's doing. He knows the future. He's sovereign. He's beyond time. And he was actually trying to save us from a crazy, chaotic, stressful situation. I'm so glad we didn't get it, Kelly. And I don't know about you, but maybe if you change your focus, if you change your perspective, you could probably see that God is up to things in your life if you would just give him ownership. Stop controlling your life. Start saying if it be the Lord's will. Here's my second point. What happens is it's your will versus God's will. And that's a problem because you're going to miss out on so many beautiful truths and understanding what God is doing in your life. Scripture says this, I've quoted it before, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust, 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 meaning know that he's got sovereignty over your life. He has the best will for you. Trust, not, not my story, but his story. Not me versus him, but really, I'm just getting under what he's doing. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Stop saying why. Ask God what, right? In all your ways, acknowledge him. God, I'm going to acknowledge you in everything. I'm going to, everything I do, I'm going to read your scripture. I'm going, to, I'm going to go to church. I'm going to do the practices, the disciplines of the faith. I'm going to be in your word. I'm going to be in silence and solitude. I'm going to be a good person. I'm not only going to love you, I'm going to love others. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And here it is. He will direct your paths. Another uh, passage of scriptures in Proverbs says, a, a man is going to plan out and, and, and really plan out their, his steps, but it's the Lord that directs his path. 
what I can do, and I should, right? The scripture talks about building your house on solid ground that a wise man thinks and ponders and takes time to build. So we should be doing this stuff. I'm not saying don't plan. My goodness, I don't even know who I would be if I wasn't thinking about the future. What I need to do, though, is stop putting me in charge of my life and allow God to do what He wants to do. Here's my last point. It's really bad when you have and, and, and live your life with a closed fist. I don't know what positive comes out of it unless you want to be an ultra-confident dictator. I look at men like Hitler. He always had a closed fist. I look at guys that always have closed fists when, when they're talking or closed fist symbolizes power. Nothing wrong with that at times, right? But in this scenario, it's, it's not good with God. I don't want to have power when it comes to my relationship with God. I, I want God to be in control. When I have a closed fist, I show all things that are aggressive and, and I want to attack and, and I want to be in charge and I want to be in control. And what happens is it's so hard, watch this, it's so hard for God to put things, do things, shift things. I have, I, Sammy, I know you have this plan, but I can't do much with it. I'm not, a, I'm not gonna force my hand on your life, Sammy, but I can't do much with a closed fist. Instead, what, what happens when you open your hand, when you open your fist, when you just have an open hand towards God, open hand towards your future, open hand towards your, or towards your plans? An open hand is like this. Hey, you know what we're gonna do, guys? We're gonna go into this city, and uh, what we're going to do is we're going to stay there for about a year. And if it's God's will, we're going to make some money. You know, if it's God's will, it's going to work out. If it's God's I, I hope that this pans out. But this is what we're going to do. This, this is the plan. At the end of the day, let's, let's pray that God's will would be in this. That God would direct it. God would move it. That's an open hand. So what God can do with that is saying, thank you. I'm in control now. Because I'm not going to. That's the thing, guys. Here's it, here it is. All throughout the scriptures, I believe in a God that gives us free will. I believe in a God that gives us free choice, meaning I can stand up right now and I could slap my, myself in the face as hard as I possibly can. God didn't control any of that. What I can do right now is I can look at a place and be like, all right, Kelly, we're going to go rent this place right now and I don't care what it is. I don't care what we're doing. We're just going to go do it. I believe that it could come to pass. I can get a job. Um... So, uh, someone can, can, can say, hey, I want to give you a job. I get a job application. I get a job offer. What I can do is say, I'm going to go get this job and I'm going to take it. I could make good money. I could do, it could be great in the scheme of things. But that's arrogance and it's pride and it's not wisdom because I didn't even talk to God about it. God is going to allow himself not to have crazy control over your life at the end of the day when you have a closed fist. When you open your hand, he can do so much more. What, when, I, when I have an open hand and I'm like, hey God, I don't know about this job, and God switches it and God moves it, God is in control. When I pray, hey God, I'm not sure about this job. I'm not sure about the future. God, I'm not sure in this next season what the church should do. I have an open fist with God, an open hand. And God can then give me ideas and perspective and understanding. And He can move in that. And here's the other thing when you have an open hand. It's so much easier to, for God to put things in our hand. Blessings, opportunity, uh, new ideas. 
He can create something new in us with an open hand. It's really hard for God to take things out as well. How, how can He remove things in our life? How can He remove distractions in our life? How can He prune our life? How can He remove the f- certain people in our life that are just creating a destructive craziness in our life if we do not have an open hand to Him? And here's my other thought with open-handed. It's really awkward to praise God with, an, with a closed fist. Oh, I love you, God. You're just, you're so amazing. You're, you're in control. You're going to do what you need to do. My life is in your hands. And it's like so awkward. It's not the way it was supposed to be. And I'll prove it to you. I've said this before. The, the universal sign of surrender is an open hand. If you get pulled over by a police officer, it's always wise to put your hands on the steering wheel so they know your hands are open. You're, you got a sign of surrender. You're not going to do anything stupid or crazy. When you're when you're uh, in the movies or someone pulls a gun on someone in, 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 a, in a movie, right? What they naturally do if they don't want aggression is they put their hands up. If you were at school and someone wanted to fight you and you didn't want to get in a fight, I throw my hands up. Hey, man, I'm, I, I don't want any, any trouble. Open-handed is the, is the natural, holistic, around the entire world sign of surrender. So when I worship God in my true state, in my honest state, you better believe I got my hands open. I'm crying out to Him. I'm saying, God, if it's Your will, do this. Lord, if it's Your plan, do this. What, 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 what we're going through, God, my finances, I put it in Your hands, God. Uh, my, my plans for the future, I put it in Your hands. And that creates a wisdom in our soul. So when I have an open hand, I'm surrendering to God. I'm thanking God that it's, it, he's in control of my life, and I'm saying, hey, I surrender. Uh, I want to turn you to uh, a verse in um, Psalms. So turn with me to, to, to the book of Psalms, and I'm going to be reading just a couple verses. I'm looking at Psalms 139. I just want to read it to you. Let this assure your soul and how good God is, and how if you really do believe that He's sovereign, if you really do believe that He's in control, if you really believe that He wants to do things in your life, listen to what this says. He says, You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know who I am. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You're sovereign. You know everything about me. You discern my going and my lying down. You are familiar with all of my ways. Before a word in, on my tongue, you, Lord, have you know it. You, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before. You lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me to lawfully for me to attain. Like, it's really hard for me to even grasp that you know it all. You don't just know Sammy's life. You know Kelly's life. You know every person's life. You know every hair that's on someone's head. You have everything planned out. It's so hard for me to even think about. It's too wonderful. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will not shine like the day, for darkness is a light to you. And I love that so much because right now we're in a dark hour. 
I really believe that everywhere we go, every household we were to visit, at some point, there's some, some, some heaviness. There's some, some depression. There's some anxiousness. There's some worry. And it could be filled with dark thoughts, dark understanding, dark focus, dark perspective. Even in the darkness, the scripture says, God is there and he shines his light. Rest assured in that. And here's the last thought. If you skip to verse 23, search me, search me, God, and know my heart. Because the words that come out of my mouth, the words that come out of my tongue, you already know. So search my heart, God. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. That's my prayer, personal that God would have so much control over my life that every time I talk, every time I plan, the way that I pray, it is always, if it's your will, God. Jesus said it when he was in the Garden of the Gethsemane. Paul the Apostle said it when he was on the road and he wanted to see those that he was churching in another place. And he said, I want to see you so bad if it's God's will. James says it. Every person in the scripture that understands Man, God's so big and vast and cosmic, I would be a fool. I would be filled with pride, arrogant, and eventually it's evil because it's complete contrary to understanding who God is in our lives. I wanted to leave you with that thought, that perspective. As we dive into this book, I have been learning so much. I hope you have too. This is a very practical tool. Think about tomorrow. Dream about tomorrow. But like at the end of the day, Gosh, Lord, if it's your will, I hope this happens if it's possible. Lord, move in it if it be your will. I don't want to be in control of my life. I want you to be because at the end of the day, you're going to save me from a lot of stuff. Um, Next week, we're in chapter five. So read that. Think about it. But I just want to encourage you in that. I want to pray for you right now. and, And we can end with this. But before we pray, I just want, if you're on the other side of this camera, if you're watching this and you do not know the goodness of God, the love of God, the joy of God, maybe you're, reading, you're listening and you're reading the scripture and you're like, man, Psalm 139, I, I, can't, I can't be confident in everything that David is saying. I want to encourage you and pray for you right now. And if you don't know Jesus, I want to encourage you to give your life to Him, commit your life to Him connect with us, join with us in a Zoom crew, join with us. We're going to start a book study, join with us and be in community. But let me pray for you. Jesus, you know every heart. You know every issue. You know every mess up. You know every brokenness. You know the darkness that probably has been in every person's house right now because of fear, worry, anxiety. To some level, to some degree, there's some type of worry in this, this pandemic. And I pray, God, ease that. Remind us you're in control. Remind us that we're going to get through this. Remind us that there's hope on the other side of this. Remind us that we're going to get back to our jobs. We're going to get our jobs if we've lost one. We're going to get back to our finances if we've lost some. God, you're going to restore what you what, what was taken from us. And Father, if, if there are any person on the other side that does not know you, I pray that they would reach out to you, cry out to you, that they would simply say in their heart, Jesus, I believe in you. Jesus, I give you my life. Because at the end of the day, that's the greatest thing that we could do. And we love you so much, God. In your name we pray. Amen. I love you guys. I really do. And I'll see you next time. Take care.